My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we, we are, are the Extra Sisters. Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to another segment of 100 Years of Horror. We're going to take you through the 1960s part one. And we are going to start off in 1960 with, dun, 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 with Psycho, <laughs> which we honestly are not going to talk about a ton because we have a whole episode about Psycho. So like there's actually two that we have whole episodes on in here that'll be a little bit shorter so this will probably be a little bit shorter of an episode but you can actually refer back to our psycho episode for this but if you haven't seen psycho hi <laughs> like I, i'm not gonna lie i was a little late to the game on psycho psycho is about a woman that steals money and she goes on the run and ends up at bates motel and unfortunately norman bates the innkeeper is a psycho <laughs> <laughs> correct and i mean it, honestly if you don't know about psycho at this point like i said like you should just go watch it because it is a classic alfred hitchcock film and again or you can just go listen to our episode and we do a full walkthrough and discuss it but he has this he believes that he is it takes on the personality of his mother who is actually dead and he kills this woman and this is the iconic shower scene with jamie lee curtis's mother which mm -hmm. you know she's gorgeous and wonderful and but there's a lot of things that are classic to horror because it's actually kicked off a lot of things that we still use in horror today so i i know yeah. that that's you know a really condensed but again have a whole episode on it go watch psycho but one thing that I really love about this is the act. I mean, just everything, the acting, the directing. It's just a beautiful film. It's it's just classic. Go watch Psycho. I don't, I don't know what else to say about it because we've talked about it and it's just great. So go watch Psycho. It is amazing. And it's one of the first little trivia points. There is a toilet flushing scene in it. First time on film. Woo! Yeah, amazing. go horror. <laughs> the first one to flush the toilet. Like. <laughs> There's more trivia and facts in it that are pretty interesting, though, so go listen to that episode. Yeah. Moving on to 1961, we have a British film, which is interesting because Psycho was done by a British director, but okay. Yeah. And this movie feels a lot like Alfred Hitchcock, who is the British director of Psycho that I'm talking about, but he yeah. was not the director of the movie we're talking about here, is The Innocence. The Innocence, I know a lot of people at least probably saw the trailer for The Turning this year. You know what's funny is I was watching this and I was like, this feels a lot like The Turning. And then I was like, oh, because yeah. it is. It's the same movie. Well, it's based on the novel. So there's a yeah, couple. There are, yeah. there are a few movies that they've done based on the novel, The Turning of the Screw. And The Turning that came out this year sucked. I will let you guys know that The Innocence, so much better. Way better. I, Way better. I actually looked up The Turning because I couldn't remember, like, the name of The Turn of the Screw, the novel, and I was, like, trying to remember what it was called. I knew it was The Turn of Something. Mm -hmm. And so I looked up The Turning to get that information. And so I, I was just looking, you know, just to see. <laughs> and The Turning got like we didn't like it we did an episode on it before movie theaters got shut down yeah you know this year it's been not great for movies but yeah the turning on rotten tomatoes fucking bombed it got a 12 percent critic score and a 15 percent audience score damn nobody liked it nobody liked it like, <laughs> you know sometimes we we just see so much horror we're like <sighs> yeah but no nope. we're kind of immune to everything nobody yeah. liked it <laughs> No. So The Innocence, if you haven't seen The Turning or The Innocence, The Innocence is about a woman who was hired on as a governess for 
an uncle's niece and nephew who never visits them. He's not around these children at all. He needs the governess basically to be their mom. He also has someone who takes care of the grounds, and he has a maid. And I think that's the only staff that are in this house. And like this... a, he has like a cook too or something. Yeah. It's not much. Minimal. It, it's very minimal. And these two kids. That's all that's in this big estate on these grounds. And it's a creepy old house. Definitely haunted. Definitely. And we find that out at one point. That it is haunted by the old governess who had had an affair with the guy who was taking care of the grounds. And then he raped and murdered her after she tried to break it off. Yep. Now he is coming back and he is possessing the young boy. And this movie did such a better job than The Turning and not in making it creepy, but not disgusting. Well, because Miles, the the one, the little boy, he's not, he's creepy, but he still maintains his innocence as a child. The whole time she's trying to save him from basically being possessed by this, you know, ghost basically of this man but she still is like, you're in there. I know you're in there. And he's also, you can see the kind of internal struggle of him trying to maintain being a child and also this horrible thing trying to get to him. And it's just like what what the turning did was made him basically into the rapist 24-7 all the time. Exactly. Made and him very rapey. He was still a child, but it was like a struggle. It was just like, it was so much better and it was also creepier like regardless of it being in black and white it was just it was much more nuanced than the turning was you know yes it definitely all of these well the birds may be a little different but most of these are psychological horror in this section which is really interesting and they definitely feel like alfred hitchcock came out in 1960 with psycho and they were all like okay we got to do that now that was good that was smart let's do it Mm-hmm. And that's what this feels like. Like even the little boy, he's being possessed by this rapist. In the turning, Finn Wolfhard is very gross. Like he, it definitely takes on a rapey persona. Yeah. In the innocence, this little boy, the most he does is he kisses her one time, and that could be a childish thing. It doesn't yeah. have to be. Yeah. Just like he calls her pretty and stuff, which you know, even when you're watching it, he, you're like, okay, well, like little boys have crushes that's just like exactly like i was boy crazy by the time i was honestly in like kindergarten you know it's just like a thing that happens you know right exactly they have a turtle in it named rupert and i think that's the best name for a turtle and then right next to it i wrote oh poor rupert because he gets thrown through a fucking window bro i was so sad about rupert Rupert. (laughs) another thing i loved was the progression of this like you know and we keep comparing it to the turning because that's just like this is the same novel yeah that if they adapt they both adapted from the same writing and when in the turning she does care about these kids and she wants to get them out but in this one she gives it her all like she's in the turning they really focus on what's happening to her but in this Mm -hmm. one she's focusing on what's happening to the children the entire time like it focuses a little bit on like what she's scared of but then she's all into what's happening to these kids and how she can help them and she even brings in the housekeeper in, and the housekeeper is like okay all right let's do this but in the turning they kind of and then the end they just made her in the turning out to be fucking crazy and like none of this actually it's just this one was way better so much better watch this one it's great yeah i mean honestly this one i really really enjoyed watching this one this one got like a four out of five for me just as a film yeah it was a great movie yeah 
All right, moving on to 1962, we have Eyes Without a Face. We actually have quite a bit of foreign film in the 60s that made it to the top yeah, of the list. Cool. This one is a French film, and I really liked this one too, to be honest. So <laughs> this one, I liked a lot of elements about this film, and it is about a man who gets into an accident and basically maims his daughter's face. And he is a doctor and he starts kidnapping women, be like beautiful women, but they are characteristically beautiful in a similar way that his daughter was beautiful. And he basically starts stealing their faces to transplant onto her. And he has this assistant that's helping him do this. And then the cops kind of catch on to this pattern and the, his daughter, she's kind of on board with this because she hates herself and she hates her life. But then she at the end of this becomes the badass that like puts an end to this and kills everybody and then walks out with all of these birds signifying her freedom from this ailment okay. i know i just wrapped that up really quickly but there's a lot that goes on in between like they hunt these women by you know one of them they get in a movie theater and she's alone and the assistant is like, Oh, I have an extra ticket. Why don't you come with me and kind of befriends her because she's here in this country by herself because she's a student. And she's like, Oh, I found you a room. And it's actually at the house of this doctor and they trap her there. And they actually, it's pretty graphic. They show the scalpel cutting mm -hmm. off her face and peeling it off very slowly. And I was like, Ooh, mm -hmm. okay. So we're going there. <laughs> So it's it's very interesting. I really like the elements. There's a lot of musical themes. It almost sounds like circus music every time they're like hunting a girl that comes back. Yeah. It's I really enjoyed it, you know, and uh, it, the I really liked the character of the daughter because, like I said, at first she's just willing to be beautiful again at any cost. She even kind of goes down and sees the women that she's going to get the face from, but then at the end she kind of gives up on it and realizes how horrible it is and then she just kills her dad's assistant and sets her dad's dogs loose because he's doing all these experiments on dogs and sets them loose and kills him and then it, it names his face yeah it's perfect yeah it's pretty brutal it's uh yeah and she there's this beautiful imagery at the end where she releases all these they look like doves it's black mm -hmm. and white but they look like doves to me because they're these all white birds from these cages and she walks out with her arms open and they're all either on her or flying around her. So she's free from this and mm -hmm. you get, or for me, maybe, I don't know, but I got emotionally attached to her because you feel so bad for her this whole time and yeah. you just love the liberation at the end. I didn't cry, but it was like a very beautiful moment. You know, you're, you definitely feel for her. You kind of are, on the fence of like should she have died or not but you don't really want her to die because she suffered so much so it was a good film i really liked that one that was that was honestly probably a good four for me too i've these films have been hitting for me yeah it was a really good one i struggled really hard with the subtitles though so i'd have to like read all the subtitles and then the scene would come up <laughs> so i didn't get as attached to it as you okay <laughs> exactly i'm like okay so i know what's coming up next got it they're going to the morgue okay yeah the only comment I have is I loved her even with her mask the dogs don't care she goes in and she's loving all the puppies and they're like oh you're back and uh, that was awesome <laughs> please because animals always love you yeah exactly 
yeah that's a good film that's honestly there all, all of these are good films we've already talked about how you should see psycho but a lot of you have probably seen psycho and the birds which we'll get to in a minute and that would probably be my one like out of all these like i recommend the most guys without a face yeah mm-hmm. yeah definitely For, the innocence yeah. was great i think my recommendation will be the last one once we get to it really so, okay sorry yeah. I'm <laughs> okay all right Okay, go, go. Moving on to 1963, we're not going to talk very much about this one. This is also an American film done by Alfred Hitchcock, and it is The Birds. The Boyds. We have a full episode about. The Boyds. <laughs> the Boyds. The Boyds. The Boyds. Which we fucking so, lost it on. I love that episode. I have so many good memories yeah. about recording that episode. Oh my god, it's one of my favorites. Agreed. That That's probably one of my favorite recording sessions, too. We laughed so hard that I cried. Me so too. definitely go listen to it. Yeah. It's a good episode. Yeah. So the birds is all about a woman in San Francisco meeting up with a man, and then she decides to play a prank on him. He wants to buy some birds. She does not work at the store, but she then takes those birds to his basically country home that's an hour away from the city. And she ends up meeting his family and falls in love with his family. And in this tiny little town of Bodega Bay, they end up, all the residents start getting attacked by birds all the time. And that's the film. You just get attacked by birds, and then at the end of the film, people have died, but they can drive away, and then the bird attacks just stop, and you have no idea why. That's it. Boyd. Hmm? And we fucking, there's this, I mean, you really should go listen to the episode, but just like honorable mention, these children are running, and they're on a treadmill, and like, they kept having to refilm, because one kid falls, and then knocks you over like dominoes over and over, and when we initially recorded that, we thought that was the funniest goddamn shit. We just laugh. Okay, okay, but picture it, you guys. Picture it. Here's the scene. <laughs> they have multiple rows of treadmills. Okay, okay. And you have multiple kids on each treadmill. So if one kid at the front fails, <laughs> he just takes out multiple rows of kids. <laughs> and they did that over and over and over again. Oh, that's so oh, I got a tear in my eye. That's still some the funniest shit in the <laughs> We recorded that over a year ago. I guess maybe it was about a year ago. It was probably about a year ago. Yeah, it was April. I can literally picture it. We're sitting in your house in front of the window, <laughs> recording, and that comes up, and we're just fucking losing it. <laughs> god, oh my god, the birds. Uh, so this is kind of a short one, but like I said, we t- we said it was going to be short because we had already done two of these. Yeah, in, exactly. In episode. You basically only get to hear about three new ones. Yeah. Speaking of short. (laughs) This is not at all that. Since, honestly, I was in like a, not an actual fever, but I was so tired watching this last film. And here's how it happened. This film is not short. That was a joke. The last film we're going to discuss is from 1964. And it's a Japanese film, which is the, a first for this entire 100 Years of Horror segment, I think. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've only had European films and American films, I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's called Quiedon or Quiedon. Quiedon? 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 I've been calling it Quiedon. I have no yeah. idea. I'm sorry to any Japanese people. Yeah. So this film, I so had I had my schedule set out. But then a monkey wrench got thrown in when my schedule changed all of a sudden. And I was like, all right, I can still do this because each film is going to be one and a half to two hours long. And I can get this all in before like X amount of time. And I can still go to sleep and get up in the morning and do what I need to do. I was fucking wrong. (laughs) 
This film is three hours and three minutes in its full original version. So please be prepared for that. That being said, it you really should watch it if you ever have the time and want to watch like an iconic horror film. This is on every best of list. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting. I don't know if you watched them, Kristen, the trailers. I don't know if you did that. I did not. Well, they're very proud of this. And one of the things they kept saying was stunning color and stunning set design and like all of these things. And this is an anthology film. And so the biggest anthology film I think most people know about, like in modern day horror is trick or treat. Mm -hmm. And because it's anthology means that there are several stories in one film and they're often unrelated. So that's why this is three hours because one of these on its own was a little over an hour. So but when I was kind of looking into this, some of the the sets were like hand painted set design. They were beautiful. All beautiful. the backgrounds were paintings. Yeah. So there are four stories that are unrelated, and so we're, I'm not gonna go in. But Kristen, since this one was your favorite, you might get into it a little bit more than what I had written down, honestly. So the there are four stories within this three hour film. And the first two, they're called The Black Hair, The Woman of the Snow. Ooh, I'm going to mess this up. I think it's called Hoichi the Earless. Hoichi the Mm -hmm. Earless. And In a Cup of Tea. That's what these four are called. And the first two stories are basically about, it's kind of one of those classic stories. I've seen them a lot compared to almost like grim fairy tales. These first two are about making bargains. Y'all know Honestly, all of these, though, feel like fairy tales. It almost feels like someone needs to be saying once upon a time in the beginning because they're telling you a story before you even get into the story. Well, they're all folklore stories. And Quaidon means it's an archaic word for ghost story. So Very cool. Yeah. And they don't – and I say archaic because it's not necessarily – that's like a very loose, rough translation that's not quite true today. But that's that's what that means. So they're telling you like these old – folk tales and so these first two are like these stories of making bargains so yeah so the black hair is about a samurai man who lives in he's impoverished in this little town and he wants to have a better life life which is so sad i'm sorry like the first scene she's like begging him to stay and it's so sad yeah so he is already married to a woman he leaves his wife to go on and do bigger better things yeah and he does that he marries a a noble woman he has Mm -hmm. money he's everything he thought he ever wanted except he constantly thinks about the wife that he left he ends up finishing his term his work term as the samurai guard wherever he is and he ends up going back to find his ex-wife yeah and he gets there and there's this loving scene between them of her waiting for him even though this house is dilapidated and nobody's taking care of it in years she's just still waiting there for him they forgive each other and he goes to bed with her that night and in the morning he wakes up and he's laying next to her dead corpse which you know horror people we know that was going to happen he's laying next to her dead body and as he's trying to get out of the house she's sucking the life out of him basically yes and something i'm like the first two films the first two felt very you know i think when we you know have these japanese films and they're about like spooky women but they felt very like 
kind of like the ring and the grudge but they're not like scary in that way but it was almost like you get that eerie feeling you know this was like before all of that and it was almost kind of like oh this like set that stage so well you know yeah they kept zooming in on people's eyes and I was like no well like I was texting you when this started I was like Kristen this is a three-hour film (laughs) and I thought like the trailers like they punch you with all this color and crazy stuff and like it's Japanese so they're like yelling at you and I was like I can't do this for three hours I feel like (laughs) drugs but it it obviously I didn't realize it was a trailer at first because it's you don't know what's going on the subtitles were really small and hard to read and I was like what is happening but I was like okay there's eyeballs everywhere I just wanted to warn you (laughs) because they were in the background the entire time of the trailers but that that was kind of a theme throughout too not like yeah didn't like the trailers obviously but the set of this first one though fucking gorgeous all of the sets are beautiful but this one is so gorgeous he you get to see both of the houses which is really cool as an american you don't get to see that stuff yeah that was my first thought like even within the first like five minutes just seeing his like even original house with her i was like oh that is so cool it was beautiful the front yard like even though they were impoverished and they didn't have much stuff the house was gorgeous the outside yard was beautiful when he gets his updated house he's got this beautiful courtyard right in the middle of it with all this greenery oh my god it was a gorgeous film yeah it was. i will say that much yeah absolutely the next one where amanda was talking about the eyes uh, is <laughs> the woman of the snow the yeah. woman of the snow exactly <laughs> they're right off the bat there's just a painted eye <laughs> i'm just like eyes ew and then you get more of them that was like the one when i said oh i need to tell her about the eyes it's because of that one specifically within the trailer for the woman in the snow yeah and then you think oh it'll go away no no there just gets to be more (laughs) more and more of them so it's about these two guys who are actually wood salesmen so they Mm -hmm. go out to the forest cut down wood and bring it back to town but they get Mm -hmm. caught in the middle of a snowstorm and they end up surviving by hiding away in a little hut so in this hut there's an elderly man and this kid who is with him he's his apprentice he's 18 and this woman walks in in the middle of the night as they're sleeping she's a young woman huh a beautiful young woman i guess all these beautiful young women that they in both of these films prior they all have black teeth is that a thing (laughs) that's beautiful i think it's ugly but okay well i think it's like an enchantress kind of thing you know i would yeah that's true like the nobility in the last one our noble woman she had black fucking teeth Maybe that's like a, I don't know, like maybe we're missing like a cultural thing that we should just know about. I don't know. Quite possibly. I I know that they don't have just like black teeth, but maybe that was like some sort of symbolism that we're missing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they didn't have the greatest dental care, but also maybe they just liked to cover their teeth black. I I mean, we cover our teeth in gold to show our wealth sometimes. Not just Americans. I just mean like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know gold is a symbol of wealth in every country, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. If you but know, let us know. <laughs> but she's dressed all in white from head to toe. She is pale. She looks dead. And she ends up breathing on the old man and kills him. She basically, what the character says later is she steals his blood. Mm-hmm. Because she's been living out in the woods by herself and has none. And then she comes to the young man and she basically says, I was going to do the same thing to you, but I'm actually going to let you live instead. Later on, the kid lives. He goes back home. A year later, he's out in the woods, and he finds a new woman there. He ends up taking this woman who has lost her whole family, we find out. He takes her back to his village and ends up 
falling in love with her, marrying her. They have three kids. Later on, this has been a decade. This is my frustration. It has been 10 years that you have been married to this woman. Okay. <laughs> he looks at her one night and he goes, oh my God, you look so much like this woman. And they, then he tells her the story, which prior the, the witch enchantress had told him, don't ever tell anybody what happened or I'll kill you. Yeah, yeah. So he tells this lady, oh my God, you look so much like her and this is it. And then she goes, oh my God, now I'll have to kill you. She comes out and then she leaves instead, instead of killing him because they have kids together. Here's my frustration. It took you 10 fucking years to look her in the face and see that she looked the same. Yeah. And also, he's telling you about you. Why do you have to leave? But whatever. It's a fairy tale. It's a, yeah. So I really liked, I just really liked the set of this one because what, they probably, they probably had to put so much money into this one because the sets are so different. Yes. You know, different. the contrast. And that was one of the things in the trailers too, was the, they were like, look at this one and this one, and this one, and this one, look how different they are. You know, like we had mm -hmm. so much effort into all of this. They did, man. They had to put yeah. big money into this, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. So the next one is about a musician that is called to basically go in front of a royal family and play and he what i really liked about this next one is this so this one and the next one the next one was like creepy but this one was like really went between the realm of ghosts and spirits and i really liked this one a lot I how did you feel about this one yeah. honestly it's a three-hour movie i was with it for the first two and at this point i was kind of bored and over the rest of the movie so the last two uh, in a cup of tea and hochi the earless i was kind of like i mean it was okay was that's right. totally fair that's totally fair yeah but basically this guy's going between uh, this one okay i gotta also say i don't know if your subtitles were doing this mine were cutting in and out by the way so hmm. no this one i had trouble with eyes without a face but this one i was actually doing great that's so funny because eyes without a face my subtitles were flawless <laughs> nice this one i i had some issues with the subtitles i would get here and there so bear with me as i kind of go through this yeah so in the beginning of this montage we have a battle between two samurai samurai groups and the emperor of one the group that fails dies it's a little boy and his whoever's taking care of him drowns him and though they become ghosts and they even talk about how there are crabs on this island that have human type faces on their backs now and they think those are the souls which is that was a pretty cool thing but then you go to this monastery and that's where hochi the earless is and he is a blind monk who is left alone at the monastery one day and he hears someone calling to him and it is the samurai of the group that failed there in that fight it's the ghost calling to him. He takes Hochi to see the rest of the emperor and all the other samurai people and everybody who died in this battle. He takes them to a house, Hochi thinks, that is actually the graveyard. And they continue to have Hochi read the and sing the story of that battle to them every single night. And they're slowly taking him over. When he finally tells the rest of the monks, his head monk, what's going on, they put a protection spell on him basically they paint it all over him which this is the cover if anybody has at least seen that yes. it looks like a boy's head with paintings on it or painted words and they paint that on him and supposedly on every inch of his body they don't cover his ears 
if they had covered his ears, he would have been invisible to the samurai when he comes back to take him to the emperor again. But instead, he sees his ears, he cuts his ears off, so now he is blind and deaf. Then, the warring party comes to get Hochi again, even though he can't sing to them anymore because he can't hear and he can't see. He doesn't know if he's going to be in tune or anything. And Hochi says that he will sing to them and calm everyone down. And he does. Right. Ta-da. Ta-da. <laughs> I think that one was really, really long. It I think was. it could have been shortened a lot. Yeah, it was interesting, though. It was. In my opinion. It was still really pretty. The monastery is beautiful. The yeah. fighting was really cool because all the background set was hand-painted, you could tell, but they were, like, in a pool. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. That was, was really good. cool. Yeah. So the last one is In a Cup of Tea, and this one has a very interesting ending. <laughs> yeah. So this one is pretty, I'm not going to say simple, but so this man is basically drinking a cup of tea. You see, you see where I'm getting at here? You see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? And he sees the face of a man in his cup of tea, and it keeps getting, like, closer and closer, but he just, like, drinks it anyways. Okay, so first of all, just, like, don't do that. Right? <laughs> don't drink it? Yeah, but then he, like, later he sees the man, and he's like, what the fuck? And he, like, tells people, and they're like, you're fucking crazy. You're, you're insane. Crazy. Yeah. And then, like, later... He's, like, visited by this guy and, like, these other people. Like, this guy has, like, people with him. And then he, like, has to fight them, right? Mm -hmm. And then the ending is up to you. The story has no ending. And they're like, I could give you an ending, but, like, you make up the ending is how this ends. Because it's being told by an author, a writer, actually. You see him in the beginning, then you see the story, then at the end you go back to the author. Someone is coming to buy his book, and a lady in the street takes the person who's going to buy his book in there, and they see his face in a cup of tea, the writer. Yep. And that's the end of the whole movie. Yep. And uh, they even, like, ask who the writer is, and he's like, nowhere to be found (laughs) at some point. So, yeah, it's that's why this movie is so long, because it has a lot of stories to tell. Mm-hmm. And, like you can tell that the person like the crew that went that did this and the director, they they're so much love and time mm-hmm. and dedication went into this that that's why it's so highly regarded. You know, it's because of what it is and what went into it. And the stories are good. It's just really long. Actually, when it came out in the United States, it was cut to 120 minutes. And they cut out the second story, The Woman of the Snow, pretty much in its entirety. They just cut that one out. Really? I liked that one. Cut out the cup of tea. That was kind of lame at the end. That one was the one that got cut. So they were just like, nah, I don't know. The Americans don't need that one. Just cut it out. Because they were like, they're (laughs) not going to sit through a three-hour Japanese film of all these different folktales. So... That's what got cut out of that one. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's definitely long, but it's definitely worth a, a watch. Because, again, if you get into any best of lists, it's always going to be on there. So yeah. it's unavoidable eventually. If you're if you're doing this list with us, uh, one, kudos to you. Right. But if you just want, like, one or two from each, you know, my pick would be Eyes Without a Face. But it sounds like yours is this one. 
Yeah, I would pick Quiet On. I especially liked the first two stories in it. I thought they were great and beautiful. And we should, like, the 60s, we should see more Japanese horror. That's so cool. Yeah, it was cool to see Japanese horror on here just in general because Mm -hmm. we haven't gotten any of that at all. And I don't think that there is, there's a little bit more, you know, but I honestly don't think there was a ton of Japanese horror on this list at all. I think we have Rengu at some point. Yeah, we do. Uh, but I but, think that's it. Yeah, so that's really cool because Japanese horror is—it's always a little different than everything else on the list. Mm-hmm. Always, you know, it's very unique because their yeah. folklore is just different, and their uh, their tropes are different. You know, so it's just always beginning to watch something that's not normal to us. So, yeah. Then, that one was, you know, I'd probably say a watching experience for me. I was just really tired uh, <laughs> and my subtitles were, maybe it was just lagging, but like there were certain scenes where I couldn't tell if it was like behind and I was just reading behind or if it had skipped something. So I had a little trouble following some things, but for the most part, it was really enjoyable. Yeah. Agreed. This was a pretty good section. Yeah, 1960s part one was a lot of fun. Again, if you want longer versions of Psycho and the Birds, we did do them last year. So they would be in our first year of reviews, but you can go check those out. And you can find us on all of our social medias, of course, at The Extra Sisters Podcast. Twitter is at The Extra Sisters, and you can find us on patreon.com slash The Extra Sisters Podcast. And next time, stay creepy.